The first ever manned flight in Canada took place in St. John, New Brunswick in 1840. The improbable pilot was a 54-year-old French jewelry maker from Boston who had a rather poor track record. His previous flight attempt required a dramatic rescue at sea. Thousands of St. Johners gathered in Barrack Square to see what he would do next. You're listening to Backyard History, the hidden stories that happen in your own backyard, the podcast version of the weekly history column running in newspapers across the Maritimes with your host and author, Andrew McClan. Louis Anselm Laurat had come from Marseillaise, France. As a young man, he'd immigrated to Boston and became a skilled artisan specializing in making fine artistic gold leaf art. He owned a little jewelry shop on the corner of Washington and Springfield streets, and he had done quite well for himself. He was not a young man anymore by the time he became interested in flight. By the time of his St. John flight, he was 54 years old. Probably. He wasn't entirely sure when his birthday was. I guess such was the reality of growing up in impoverished urban France back then. Since antiquity, humans had been strapping themselves into all manner of contraptions to fulfill dreams of flying. The ancient Greeks recounted a myth about the hubris of Icarus, whose father had built him wings of wax and feathers that allowed him to fly. Icarus flew too close to the sun, his wings melted, and he drowned at sea. France had a spectacular fascination with hot air balloons when Louis Laurat was young. The first hot air balloon was built when he was a boy, and perhaps set the tone for his chaotic ballooning career. The first balloon was a crowdfunded effort constructed from rubber, turpentine, and silk. The builders had a difficult time figuring out how to fill it up with hydrogen, and each day thousands of people gathered to watch them try and fail to fill up the balloon en Champ de Mars, which is pretty much exactly where the Eiffel Tower now stands. On August 27th, 1783, they finally succeeded, and their balloon blew up and immediately floated away, unmanned. The assembled crowd chaotically pursued it on horseback through the streets of Paris. After about 45 minutes of flying, the balloon safely landed in a rural village where it was promptly attacked by peasants armed with pitchforks and knives, and it was destroyed. As an adult, Louis Laurat had apparently flown many times before his big event in St. John. His balloon flights were somewhat different from that first ill-fated flight in Paris, though. Early balloonists learned that the wind was a fickle thing, and that they ought to be tethered or tied to the ground with a rope. Virtually all of Louis Laurat's earlier flights were short up and down flights in his balloon, which was securely roped to the ground. For reasons that are unclear, however, he decided to go ropeless in St. John, where he would be at the mercy of the wind. This decision to go ropeless is particularly baffling in light of the disaster that nearly cost him his life and did cost him his balloon, which was the 
last flight he had made right before coming to St. John. The Boston Transcript newspaper recounted that flight on June 17, 1839. Louis Laurat had tried to fly his balloon in high winds. It promptly got blown into a tree, which severed the rope tying it to the ground, and then it floated off at a low level over Boston, being blown towards the harbor with Louis Laurat still in it. As the water drew closer, Laurat tried to let the air out to bring his balloon down. It began to deflate and was getting closer towards the ground and safety, but then it struck another tree. The Boston Transcript recorded what happened next. The balloon, after being disengaged from the tree, was dragged in despite of all Mr. L's efforts to stop its progress into the water. It continued skipping over the surface, sometimes completely immersing the aeronaut in the water and again elevating him a hundred feet in the air. There were several vessels in the bay which endeavored to assist him, but were unable to reach him. The balloon was driven some eight or ten miles from the land, and Mr. L became faint, discouraged at the moment by anticipation of a watery grave. Unlike Icarus, Lorat did not drown, however, because he encountered a passing schooner named The Fame, which happened to be in the way of the bouncing balloon. The Fame's captain, who was named Captain Payne, sent out a dinghy boat to intercept the rogue balloon and to liberate Lorat. As soon as Lorat was successfully freed by Captain Payne, his balloon flew away, soaring off into the distance and out of sight. Captain Payne brought Lorat back home, and the Boston transcript sarcastically reported, He arrived at one o'clock this morning. Pretty well satisfied, we hope, that ballooning is not the best way of making gold leaf. Remarkably, Louis Laurat was not the least bit dissuaded by his experience. If anything, it somehow made him think that flying untethered was a good idea. He decided to test this out with a brand new balloon, which was called the Star of the East in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. At 5 p.m. on August the 10th, 1840, a crowd had gathered to watch the first ever manned flight in Canada. The parade ground, which is now known as Barrack Square, was, in the words of the New Brunswick Courier newspaper, thronged with anxious spectators. The weather that day cooperated with St. John's famous fog declining to attend. The courier called it unusually clear, saying that there was just a gentle breeze and that the weather was in every respect most propitious for the occasion. The balloon began to fill up with hot air and it rose off the ground as the crowd began to cheer. The courier reported, the intrepid aeronaut frequently bowed and waved his hat from his fragile basket in acknowledging the plaudits of the grateful crowd. From the parade ground, the crowd had a clear view of the balloon as it flew away into the distance. There was a murmur of anxiety when midway through the flight, the balloon suddenly switched from traveling north 
to going east. Louis Lerat was at the highest he'd ever flown, a remarkable 7,300 feet. His thermometer, which had read a balmy 21 degrees on the ground, now read a chilly 14 degrees. After an hour and a half in the air, Lerat gently brought down the Star of the East on a farm in Quaco Road. He had traveled a total of 21 miles. The presumably very shocked farmer who owned the farm, who was named Mr. Van Horn, did not attack the offending balloon with a pitchfork, but rather approached Mr. Lorat and shook his hand. The New Brunswick Courier reported that soon after, Louis Lorat went back home to Boston. They said, we are glad to find that as the amount received for tickets of admission fell far short of defraying Mr. Lorat's expenses, a subscription was set on foot and about $100 was collected in a short time as a gift for Mr. Lorad. That was Backyard History with your host, Andrew McLean. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for another hidden story that happened in your own backyard. Backyard.